Well, it's official, Cole. What is, Owen? You know what week it is. It's Bama Hate Week. It is Bama Hate Week here on the Panther Pod. Along with our usual Texas Texas Hate Week. Yeah, horns down. For all you Bama fans who happen to be listening, yeah, don't listen this week. (laughs) Also, congratulations to the new governor-elect, Glenn Youngkin. (laughs) This is a football podcast, <laughs> yeah, not know, a politics but, hey, podcast. I know, I know, but I mean, I would have said the same thing if Terry McAuliffe got elected. Ah, fair enough. So, all right, but with that, I'm Owen Spelnick. My name's Cole Connor, And this is episode 10. Big 1-0 of the Panther Pod. All right, Cole. It's kind of a... It was a wild week in college football. A lot yeah, of upsets. Sure. A lot of upsets. A lot of games people should have won but didn't, you know. So Baylor beats Texas at home 31-24 after, after Texas gives up a second-half lead. I mean, I hate to say that that's Big 12 football, but that that's Big 12 football. That's just Texas football, yeah. let's be honest. For real. This is becoming West a, Virginia football. Hey, 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 this hey, season. hey, 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 no, 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 no. Oh, we haven't get up, but we have not given up any big leads. What? We just never two? got one. <laughs> <laughs> we just never got one. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, no. Baylor beat Texas thirty-one twenty-four. They, uh, you know, they Casey Thompson did not look like himself, and they kept B. John Robinson like out of the like out of the end zone. Couldn't get him. Past, you know, they they were success. Baylor was successful in stopping the run. Yeah, I mean, and ultimately they did what they had to do to win that game. I, anyone who I've talked to has said, oh, Baylor upset Texas. No. It's not an upset. No, No, not at all. Baylor was the superior team hanging in this game, and honestly I'm surprised they didn't beat them more than what they did. Oh, I know. Well, and especially looking at the first half, they go into halftime, they're down four, 14-10. Well, then Baylor charges back with 21. You know, seven in the third quarter, 14 in the fourth. Texas only scores 10 in the entire second half. Yeah, so Baylor scored, what, 21 unanswered? Or 21 he didn't score points the, 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 yeah, versus they, 10. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't 21 unanswered. So, that I mean, that's a tale of two completely and totally different games. Oh, yeah, no, the like, first I, I don't know if that's the coaching staff not doing all of their homework on Texas or um, – or the players just responding ju- to the deficit, or just the fact that you have Bijan Robinson and Casey Thompson on the other side of the football. Yeah, that could be. I, th- I think that's what it is, and also you don't. And here's the thing with Texas: is everybody just expects them to be amazing and phenomenal, and oh, they're Texas. You know, they're they're the Alabama of Big Twelve. Oh yeah, for sure. But if not Oklahoma, yeah, no Oklahoma. Competition wise, Oklahoma is the. Alabama is the Bama of the Big 12. However, brand-wise, Texas is the Alabama of the Big 12. They bring in the most money by far. Yeah. However. Horns down. Horns down, yes, absolutely. But people have to realize that even though as elite, and that's with quotation marks, elite as Texas football program is, they still have a first-year head coach in Steve Sarkeesian. You know, they're not going to – Which, to Sarkeesian's credit, he's been doing – a decent job. Yeah, but he still got blown out by Arkansas, which I think now has the same record as they do. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> you know. So, but but that's not to that's not to rag on Arkansas, but you yeah. know, like <laughs> I mean, Arkansas has been pretty good. They just have have had some missteps along the way. But you know, right now it's a it's a it's a three horse battle. It's between Baylor, Oklahoma State, and Oklahoma for the big that Big Twelve title. Yeah, I and agree it, with you. And it all comes down. It could come on, all come down to this week on what goes on, you know, on who plays who. Yeah. Does Oklahoma State lose to West Virginia? I hope so. <laughs> um, <laughs> just spoil that one. Yeah, hey, just I would love that. Hey, that's not a prediction. That's a spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could. Just rob everyone of Oak State being in the uh, Big 12 championship. Yeah, tournament. hey, 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 Lake, look, look, if Oklahoma loses more than two games, they can still, you know, if they beat Oklahoma, then they're still in to win it. Let's see here. Baylor plays TCU this week, so I mean, there's nothing, nothing scary. Uh, nothing, really nothing that. scary for Oklahoma as, as far as anything. It could end up being a good week for Oklahoma. Baylor has no business losing to TCU. I don't think they'll lose to TCU this week. Uh, I don't think so either. But if they do, then that spells good news for Oklahoma. And if Oklahoma State loses, then that also spells good news for Oklahoma. They would become the only de facto. De facto, but they still have to play somebody. Between then, it it's still a three horse race at that point. Oh, ultimately, the only thing that would hurt Oklahoma is Oklahoma State and Baylor both winning their games. Both winning, and then Oklahoma State would lose next week because they're on a bye this week. Yeah. So are uh, Oklahoma losing next week? Did I say Oklahoma State losing next yeah. week? Yeah. Okay. Oklahoma. There's too many Oklahoma States. Yeah. I, you know. It's like Kansas, Kansas State, yeah. University of Kansas. Or freaking Texas, Texas A&M, Texas State, North Texas, you know, uh, Texas, Texas Christian, Christian. Yeah. Texas Tech. <laughs> God, how many Texases you got, you know? Baylor, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of give an early prediction. I, I think Baylor gets the Big 12 championship I mean, I got to go with consistency. I I think Oklahoma will pull it out in the end. I don't think Oklahoma is consistent enough during their games. Granted, oh, I don't think so either. But when it comes to winning the Big 12 championship, Oklahoma's pretty darn consistent. Yeah, six years in a row. I have yeah. one particular Oklahoma fan that tries to tell me that every, way, <laughs> every time I see him. Um, but, no, I'm, 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 I'm going to even go – Big, uh, not big, I guess, but go and sa- go ahead and say it'll be a Baylor Oklahoma State Big Twelve championship game. So, who do you see Oklahoma losing to? Both Baylor and Oklahoma State. Fair enough. They haven't played them yet, so they, you know, I see them both both losing. So, and especially Bedlam, and especially um, the Bedlam uh, the Bedlam yeah. game, which is Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. Yeah, they're def like that's that's gonna be a high stakes game, and Mike Gundy is not gonna want to lose this one. No, absolutely not. So. But I mean, I, honestly, I think the Big Twelve is still up for grabs between uh, those between three teams. Those three teams for sure. Yeah. Moving on, you got Michigan State versus Michigan. What a game! What a game! So I watched the final drive mm-hmm. that Michigan had tried to make. Yeah. And the play for those of you who do not know, Michigan State won. Yeah. They won from a game-sealing interception. Mm -hmm. The play before the game-sealing interception was a very questionable roughing the passer call. Mm -hmm. I was sure that Michigan was going to win after that. I was like, there's no way. The refs are throwing the game. 
And then Michigan State's defense responds, comes up with that very clutch pick to seal the game away. Hmm. But it was a great rivalry game. Oh, it was. I think the trophy is one of the most unique trophies. Yeah, where else are you going to see a Paul Bunyan? A Paul Bunyan with with either a Michigan or a Michigan State helmet on, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. We broke our Michigan words, by the way, you know. Oh, yeah, we for sure said it more than three Andrew times. Moss coming through the door. <laughs> <laughs> three, two, one. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I uh, Burger's happy. Shout out yeah, Ethan Burger. Shout out Ethan Burger. Good for you, bud. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, that, that's another uh, longstanding rivalry. Like we said last week, very big brother, little brother type deal. Oh, yeah. I showed you how to play football, and now you beat me at playing football, you know. And, I mean, I think this is the fourth or fifth time in recent history. Mm-hmm. That Michigan State has upset Michigan, and I'm putting "upset" in quotations because, I mean, it proved this year Michigan State was the better team. It wasn't a lucky break. No, now like I would. It wasn't. State it had, wasn't a lucky break. Like yeah. it was. They're like on the missed punt on the yeah, block punt. Exactly. I will surrender, s- Cobra. Yeah, I. I will say though, I I saw a graphic this week put up by ESPN, and it has been very back and forth between Michigan and Michigan State over the past ten years. Oh yeah, well I mean, in, yeah, in recent history. In recent history, but, but before, before that, that it, yeah, yeah, it was Michigan. It was yeah, I was Michigan all I mean, day. You gotta, you gotta think: is Jim Harbaugh gonna be on the hot seat? You know, I don't know. He was coming in, but then now they're having this this stellar of a season. Granted, they just lost to Michigan State, but a good Michigan State team now number ranked number three CFP rankings, number three CFP rankings. Um, so they're not a bad Michigan State team. Yeah. You know, they're both both Michigans are good. You know, I, I I don't know. I just I don't think he'd be on the hot seat for that one. However, the true test is Ohio State. Uh, yeah, I was about to say he has got to beat Ohio State. He has got that, to beat that's Ohio almost State. like an Alabama. No, oh yes. That where that's, it's like okay, Les Miles led the Tigers for I think four or five straight years mm-hmm. to title contention. Or SEC championship contention. Yeah. You know what got him fired? It's Alabama. Yeah. Alabama. Because he did not beat Alabama one time. Sometimes there are though there are those obstacles for the coach, for a coach in his career on it how am I trying how am I trying to word this? There are just the, there are those obstacles. In, a, in some coaches' careers, that they just can't get over. Les yeah. Miles, that was Alabama and Nick yeah. Saban. That was just a program. Sometimes it's just a program as a whole. Right now, it just seems like Jim Harbaugh cannot Ed find Ogeron, Ed Ogeron, controversy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. But um, <laughs> um, if you want to look at West Virginia, it's Texas Tech for Neil Brown. Yeah. I mean, you know, I just, whatever. Texas Tech and backup quarterbacks. That's what it is, you know. <laughs> Not salty or anything about that loss, but you know it's whatever. <laughs> Thanks, um, but the, if Harbaugh wants to remain at Michigan, he's got to start beating Ohio State. Yeah, and he's got to beat them either annually, yes, semi-annually, mm-hmm. or when he beats them, he needs to beat them in convincing fashion. Because I think he's and correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure he's never beaten Ohio State. No, no. He yeah. since he has been there, he has not beaten Ohio so State. So that means what? He's Owen five, something this like is that. His fifth season, I think. S- something like that. But he's. But if you don't, if you take away the Ohio State losses, his record overall as a head coach at Michigan football oh, is phenomenal. Is phenomenal. Yeah, it's because just, he only has like 
four or five losses outside of Ohio State. And between a Michigan uh, between a Michigan and Ohio State fan, they both will tell you the only game that matters yeah. is Michigan versus Ohio State. Did you see uh, Ohio State's halftime performance? Yes, I did. When that they was put awesome. It, their marching band is phenomenal, and just the fact that they threw the oh, that was great. Yes, no, that was that was hilarious. I did see uh, that. Ohio State's marching band in the middle of their game. Who did Ohio State play this week? They were playing Penn State. That was another so, big rivalry. In the middle, in the middle of the Penn State game, Ohio State unfurled a Michigan flag and threw it in uh, a trash I mean, can. Yeah, because it had Oscar the Grouch in it. Yeah, but it, it was all done by their band. Like they didn't just ball up a thing and throw it in a trash can. They actually unfurled like a twenty by twenty banner. Yes, yes. And threw it in a trash can. That yes. was awesome. No, that was it was that quite was so amazing. Petty. If yes, it is, but it's great. This is why we love college football. You just don't see this anywhere else. And you I know? think they don't play each other for what another two weeks, something like that. Yeah, it's yeah. I don't. So I have to ask my Ohio State fan when they play <laughs> when they play because he's got it circled, marked, arrowed everything on his calendar of when they play oh, Michigan. Man. After let us get off of our Michigan soapbox here. Um, yeah, we got to be careful. Yeah, we got we got to be careful. We've already went over it. Uh, we've said Michigan probably like nine, ten, eleven, twelve something times. Um, going away from that, from um, Big Ten to SEC, Big Ten to SEC, talking about my conference, Auburn, Ole Miss. What are your thoughts? I'm upset because I lost this one between us. I was really wanting Ole Miss to win this one, and I thought they would with freaking Matt Corral. Bo Nix. Yeah. Bo Nix showed up to LSU too, so I don't <laughs> Yeah. At this point I'm over it. It's I have bigger fish to fry. <laughs> it's coming this week. Yeah. You got a blue whale to fry this week. This is the second Bo who's been at Auburn that's been yeah. solid. Yeah. I mean yeah. Bo Jackson, Bo Nix. I it's way too early to compare those two. Oh yeah. No well, concerning Bo Bo Jackson played two sports. <laughs> yeah. But Bo Nix, honestly, if he, what he needs to do is get more consistent. Like I'm not saying get good because he is very he, he is very talented. When he is on yes, but when he is off and it's, when he's cold, you can see your breath in that stadium. But you know, ever since that Georgia State game, they he's been on. He's been on. I think that was a wake up call. Oh, yeah, know, and that could have been a case of them just underestimating. The very, he very well could have just underestimated Georgia State. However, though, if I am Auburn, I don't know how many years Bo Nix has left. But if I am Auburn. He's a sophomore. And they got that backup quarterback. If Bo Nix were to ever go out or when Bo Nix graduates or goes or gets drafted to the NFL or whatever, I mean, they got a solid backup Came back and won them Georgia State. Granted, it was against a group of five Georgia State, but so Bo Nix is a junior. He's a junior, redshirt junior, born, or just junior. He's just a junior. Okay, so he still he still has two more years of eligibility. He was born in the year two thousand. No, he wasn't. Yeah, he is twenty one years old. Oh. How's that make you feel? That's not okay. <laughs> February 25th. Holy crap. He's, oh gosh, he is just a, he's just, he's almost exactly a year older than me. Oh, I don't. You don't like that, do you? No. Oh. (laughs) Holy 
crap. Oh, we'll have to take five on that. Oh, gosh. Oh, <laughs> no. Because I don't know about you, Cole, but I am like, but when I, for me, I always use view these college players as yeah several years, years older, older than, than me. And now the fact that there are some of them on that field that I'm like, oh, my gosh, he's amazing. He's 18. I'm not, oh, I'm not okay with this. I, oh. would, I think it was uh, Patrick Mahomes because uh, last year, uh-huh. 2020, was the first draft class that I could say, or no, it was 2019. That was the first draft class that I could say, hey, these guys are my age. <sighs> and that was NFL. Yeah. No, that, and see, that kind of, that, that hurts. Yeah. The fact that <laughs> I'm sitting here in a, in a lawn chair right You're now. You're getting old, bud. No, it's not that I'm getting old. It's just that, like, they make me feel bad about myself. I am not talented nor physically fit as these guys, okay? <laughs> Ferrum's one thing. I'd go, to, I'd go to school with these cats, you know, but. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm not okay with this. I'm not okay with this. This is not okay. We need to move on. Okay. <laughs> um, but Auburn, Auburn Ole Miss, I'm still not okay with the fact that Bo Nix is just a year older than I am. Um, wow, that was a swift kick, a swift punch to the gut right there. That's a reality. That's a gut check, reality check right there. Golly. But, yeah, no, I was not thrilled that Auburn won because I was really, really hoping that – Ole Miss was going to pull this one out just for the sake of this Panther pod, you know. Mm-hmm. But also because I want to see Ole Miss, I, like I want to see Alabama get challenged by somebody. Yeah, and I mean, it doesn't really. Even though they've already played, yeah. Ole Miss has already played Alabama. I'm so just, now it's it's really just down to Auburn in the SEC, Auburn and Georgia. Is Auburn in the SEC West or SEC East? Georgia, Kentucky, Tennessee, Florida. Missouri, South Carolina, Vandy are in the east. Mm-hmm. Bama, Auburn, Mississippi, Texas A&M, Mississippi State, LSU, Arkansas. Gotcha. So I was completely like just yeah. So Alabama and Auburn are both in the west. Gotcha. Okay. So so and like there's still some, in the east. Okay. So, so there's it, still it somebody. Be, to challenge, yeah. yeah. There, there's still somebody to challenge Alabama in the west. So very so very well could be that Alabama has Alabama has already lost. One conference game, and so is Auburn, but they lost to Texas A&M. And if they lose to Auburn, then they're not going to the championship. They're not going to the SEC championship. No, they won't because it'll uh, de facto it'll be Georgia and Auburn. Oh, please, Auburn, please. It's all right. Alabama will still be ranked number four in the CFP. Poll. Oh yeah, they'll they'll still figure out a way to get them in there. Yeah, you bribes. Know, frig- yeah. <laughs> I'm, oh my gosh, don't even get me started. We'll get we'll get on to the CFP here in a little while. Um, but don't even get me started on that. But moving over to the American, SMU versus Houston. What a game. Yeah, that was awesome. What a game. SMU's – I had to do a double take at Mordecai's stats last week. Yeah. SMU's quarterback is the real deal. Oh, he's a Heisman – not a front runner, but he's in the he's, Heisman he race. He needs to be in the Heisman race. He deserves that. He's in consideration. But, you know, I told, I said last week, I know Holgerson better than anybody. SMU's got this in the bag. Where was this, Holgerson? Where was this, Holgerson? <laughs> Granted, I say that, but we did beat. There was that whole, you want to go win this? Let's go effing win this from yeah. Will Greer at the Texas game. But, <sighs> wow. Yeah, so uh, Holgerson actually showed up for the Houston game. Wonderful. And poor old SMU. I was really hoping that they would still be ranked and win. But, hey, that's only their – it's only hey, it's their only their first loss on the season. Oh, yeah. 
first loss. So, I mean, not terrible. But, I mean, Mordecai, on, on the year, he's already thrown for – 2,625 yards and 32 touchdowns against eight interceptions. And this is his first year yeah. starting. That is insane. That is crazy. What year is he? What? I think he's a junior. He's a junior? Okay, so he still has. Yeah, he's a junior. So he still, he still has two years. Yeah, he still has two two years left. Um, no, I'm sorry. He doesn't have two years. He has a year left. Yeah, because, because he's, he's passed. yes, because he's not a, he's not a red shirt. He wasn't red shirted. Right. So the red shirt gives you that double extra year. So like Daggy is a red shirt senior right now. Gotcha. So this is Daggy's last year. This is no next year's Daggy's uh, last year because he gets yep. the extra COVID year. Gotcha. I could have children by how many years he's been playing in this. Like, <laughs> if he comes back to play next year, that'll be he will have spent over half a decade in college football. Yeah, two Checks out. two years at Bowling Green. And well, I mean, that's why he knows he's not going to go to the NFL. So he's trying to milk it while he can. Trying to milk it while he can. Yep. Well, but, hey, I was yeah, pleased no, with that him this a, past week. That was a heck of a game. That that running. Hey, and they had said they had said during the broadcast. Hey, look out for this guy on that touchback on that touchdown run or on the uh, kickoff return. He's returned nine kickoffs this year. Returned Dang. nine kickoffs. Let's not kick it to him. What do they do? They kick it to him, make Returns it 10. It. Yep. Returns it for, for his 10th kickoff return touchdown yeah. of the season. So, yeah, 44-37, Houston gets the dub. And then there was no – I watched this game. There was no defense in this game. There was no defense in this game. Virginia versus BYU – there was no defense in this game. Now BYU sixty six forty nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, BYU BYU's defense showed up for a little bit, but let me tell you, it they were not. I mean, nobody nobody had defense. Virginia definitely didn't have defense, and BYU wasn't having de- wasn't having any defense. Mm. I mean, that's that's crazy. How many th- they score BYU or I'm sorry. Virginia scored 35 points, 35 points alone in the second quarter. Yeah. Second quarter was great. For Virginia, yeah. And, and then 7-35, <laughs> Yep, yep. And uh, BYU scored 21 unanswered in the fourth. Yeah. That's that's crazy. But here's the thing, too, of something I didn't take into consideration. They're in Provo, Utah. They're close to – they're they're in that same they're in the Rocky Mountains so yeah. they're like Mile High Stadium they are very high above yep. the sea level above sea level so on that note yeah uh, NFL news a little bit uh-huh. Von oh, Miller yes. this was very sad did you see his goodbye video yeah uh, I think Von Miller is going to have a career resurgence with the Rams and he's got a lot of things going for him I think he will too but one he was playing. At high altitude. Yes. So his body is used to that. Um, Just wait until he gets to actually like breathe when real he air. Gets to sea level, <laughs> he's going to be a freak. He's going to be like, y'all out of breath already? What in the world's wrong with you? And then uh, two, you already have three people blocking Aaron Donald. 
Yeah, now you got to now you now, now you, you have to consider Bond Miller. Yeah, just wait till they. I think uh, Nadama Kinsu is on the Rams' defensive line too. Uh, Nadama Kinsu is with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, okay. He did play for the Rams. Ah, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. There's somebody else too. Oh, Jalen Ramsey. That's who it is. Yeah, that's who I was trying to think of because now they have like three all at least three All Star guys. Oh, future Hall of Famers. Yes, especially Von Miller. Especially yeah. Von Miller. But. but I t- Anyway, I just yeah. wanted to while we were talking about Pro though, Utah. Pro, just yeah, yeah, yeah. Just fit, poor Von Miller. Poor Von Miller. Yeah, but watch him come and play lights out next week. Oh, I guarantee <laughs> he will. Yeah. So yeah, but that that's one thing that they were that was UVA was struggling what with was defense. Defense. The defense anyways, it was Now, I've never been that high altitude wise. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> That makes me sound like I smoke weed. <laughs> like I, I've never been that high altitude wise, but let me tell you, no, 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 I've never been that high. Period. <laughs> where I or <laughs> Owen, just stop talking. <laughs> what you're looking for? I've never been at that elevation. There you go. Thank you. I've never been at that elevation um, to where it would affect my breathing. Yeah. So I don't. I'm like, okay, they're just. A you few wouldn't feet above. think that it makes that much of a difference. Yeah. And then you look at games like this and you're like, oh, Virginia was gassed after halftime. Yeah. And it's just the fact that they're sitting there <gasps> and BYU's just probably like, everybody they're okay? Just used to it. Yeah. They're just used to it. Everybody up there is used to it. All the Mormons. Um, <laughs> but in, in other news as well, um, TCU fires their head coach. Gary Patterson, after 21 years. And so begins the coaching carousel. Yes. How do you replace a guy at TCU who has his own statue? I mean, you can't. Like no. you, you cannot replace that. No. I don't think it was a bad decision. I think they were looking for excuses to fire him. And just because he lost that game... They pin that on their main reason, and I think I think the actual wording of the press release was like uh, offensive inconsistency or uh, inconsistency across the team. I across think. the team, it was because you had Max Duggan and Zach Evans on the same side, and you still weren't getting anything done, you know. And but if you look at it too, like who he is the last of his kind. Yeah. Of coaches staying for at least two decades or more. You know, it, we saw it go away with Frank Beamer. You can make the case for Saban, but he hasn't. He 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 still got ten more years. <laughs> yeah, that's what he said. So if he if he follows through on that, that'll be a rare breed. Yes, especially nowadays. Yeah, there there are coaches. Look at Lane Kiffin. Oh, I know. Look how many times he's moved around. Yeah, and it's just uh, for him. And here's what I think it is, too, is if Ogeron had done good, had done really well at LSU, he he would have been there a long time. Yeah, because, because I mean, he, he, he just fits fit the spirit of that team. And yes. He fits the spirit of LSU. Like he, is a Louise, like, he is an LSU fan at heart. Yeah. He loves LSU. Yep. And that, that was – that's the thing is if you're going to stay somewhere, you have to really love it there. Yeah. Um, I think another person we're going to see besides Nick Saban with the who's going to stay there for a long time, so I think it's going to be Jeff Trailer up there at UTSA. I'll agree with he that. Lo- he likes the he president. Loves, he, yeah, he loves his school, and this year has proven that he has had 
tremendous success. He UTSA. he is building UTSA his own way, and it's working. It got him to the next step in a conference, moving from Conference USA up to the American. Yep. So I mean, he's he's doing really well. He enjoys his um, he enjoys his athletic director. He enjoys his uh, president. You know, he just enjoys the atmosphere down there. People yeah. are wanting him to come to Texas Tech. Oh, he's going to go to Texas Tech or TCU. He has said straight up, I'm not going anywhere. I ain't leaving. And plus, he's going to make boo-coodles of money down there at UTSA. He's got another, he has got a seven-year contract that will equal out to $28 million at the end of it. $4 man, million a year? Yeah, man's not hurting on money. And for him, it doesn't look like if he was making $4 a year or $4 million a year. He yeah. loves UTSA, you know? He loves San Antonio. That's – and for me, whenever – so the most – I think the best example of just how bad a bad coach can affect your program is uh, Bobby Petrino from uh, Louisville. Mm-hmm. So he included in his contract – because I think they won the Orange Bowl, and then two weeks after they won – he signed a 10-year, like, $20 million contract yeah. and included a $1 million buyout clause. Yeah. The next night, I think he was coaching for the Falcons. Yeah. And then yeah. he only lasted four games there Yeah, and then went on to coach Arkansas. Yeah. So it, it just it goes to show you how, how a good coach can benefit your program, mm-hmm. but then you get in those situations and a bad coach can just destroy everything. You see it with Kansas, too. Yeah. They you haven't see, been able to land a head coach. They haven't been able to land a head coach. They've landed a couple, but then they just... They don't give them time. They don't give them time. And I'm afraid that's what's going to happen with Lance Leopold. Yeah. Maybe not, but I, I, you know, I think you just need to give him some time and cool your jets and say, yeah. look... We need to give this guy some time, at yeah. least. And and with West Virginia fans, they were nervous about that as well. Beginning of the season with Neil Brown, with yeah. Neil Brown, they extended his contract over the off season after winning the bowl game, and then he comes out and he's two and four in the bye week. And you're looking at that, going, "We got at least six more years of this." However, Neil Brown's buyout is super. I don't know the exact amount, but it is super low. If Shane Lyons. Is fired or goes or quits or goes somewhere, excuse me, or somewhere else, or the president Gordon Gee dies. Neil Brown can just buy out like that. Like I don't even think it's a million dollar buyout for him. Oh man. And yeah, but the good thing with Neil Brown, I see him sticking around a while. The only the only nerve nervous thing I am about him is if that Kentucky job were to ever open up. Yeah, I could see because Kentucky. They're not shy about spending a lot of money. Well, he's also from Danville, Kentucky. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That and so that's what, if that were to ever come open and he's doing really well at West Virginia, I would be very nervous about that. However, Mark Stoops down there in Kentucky is doing really well. Yeah. So I don't think that job comes open for a little while. Um, but, you know, now that's, gosh, what is that now? That is the fourth. Head coaching job to come open now? I think that actually makes five. Five, because you have USC, Texas Tech, TCU, LSU. <laughs> it was USC. Oh, Washington State. That's yeah, another Washington one. State. I think that's the one I'm thinking of. Um, New Mexico State. New Mexico. Yeah, but nobody pays attention to New Mexico State unless you 
<laughs> Unless you live out there, you know. And possibly it could be Virginia Tech after the end of this year. I think if they lose yeah, to Virginia, if they, if they if Justin Fuente loses to Virginia again, there's no way. There's no way. Possibly South Carolina too with uh, Shane Beamer. Yeah, there's a possibility down there. Especially if Tech comes open. Hey, I, I think they would like to see him at. I think, I think some would like to see him at Tech because he's Shane Beamer, but he hasn't done anything at South Carolina, yeah, so really I don't know why it. would you want you know. Remember they. They they were in a in a heated one with power with football powerhouse Vanderbilt so <laughs> they took them down took them down took them down but moving on from the coaching carousel well this kind of goes in with the coaching carousel oh, Jamie yeah I know it does because Jamie Chadwell at uh, Coastal Carolina is an option as well for many other people of. He he could go to Texas Tech. He could go to TCU. As much as he's done for Coastal Carolina, like they're seven and one. This he year. I, and see, here's the thing: those I think group of five coaches are kind are some of them, anyways, are a little bit more. They have a little bit more leeway. Not leeway. What's that? They're dedicated. They're a little bit more dedicated to their schools. Neil Brown was uh, Neil Brown loved Troy, but he but he wanted a chance to go to the big leagues. Luke Fickle is another one who is very yeah. dedicated to Cincinnati. Uh, we just talked about Jeff Trailer at UTSA, the the UTEP's coach. You know, there are just there are a lot of guys who love those group of five schools. And I think it's because um, Hugh Freeze is another one. Hugh Freeze yeah. loves Liberty. I think it's because there's not that much pressure, but when they do well it they looks get rewarded. For they it. get rewarded highly. Will they ever win a national championship? Cincinnati, maybe. But the thing is, is they're not expected to win a national championship. They're not expected, and I think that's they're what the pressure for contention. Yes, and like being if, top of their conference. But even then, the top of their conference is the is their highest priority. Yeah. But if they get into the national conversation, oh, they're a lock. That's yeah, they're a lock for life. Yeah, the, and the, and that to them, that's great. I think that's what takes the pressure off from a group of five to a power five coach. And we see this with Holgerson. Holgerson went away from West Virginia because he didn't like the power five. Are claimed that he did not like the Power Five mentality. stress or the Power Five mentality, the Power Five expectations of him yeah, and the Power funny. Five competition. He's from Houston and loves Houston, so that's that's also why he went down there. So I just think that there it is. It's a lot harder to get these Group of Five coaches to go somewhere than it is to get Power Five coaches to go somewhere. Yeah, I'll tend to agree with you there, and I mean especially. In cases like Coastal Carolina, you're known. You are well known there. If oh, you're yeah. a first year head coach anywhere in you're the, the nation, best performing school in South Carolina right now. Yeah, <laughs> it's not saying much. <laughs> but no, it's not. But yeah. you, you got South Carolina and Clemson. Now that's saying something against Clemson, but not this year. You know. Yeah, and I mean, no one's Clemson fans. If they, if Clemson fires Dabo Sweeney. You are the most spoiled and entitled people. They're not going to fire Dabo. There is no. They're not going to they fire will. Dabo. But if if Clemson fans ever chant "fire Dabo," like "fire Dabo," yeah, like that at a game, or there's calls for him to be fired on social media. I'm sure there no. already have been. Yeah. I'm sure there's already have been. This but man led you to what four straight national championship games, or right around that picture, and, and, and one least in the semis, and one I think at least two. Yeah. 
because Deshaun got one and Trevor Lawrence got one. Yep. So I don't. I don't mean I don't know what else you want from you know. Yeah. I mean. Yes, he blew the Orange Bowl back in 2012, but you know it's whatever. Yeah, it is what it is. You know, you didn't. West Virginia is the one who blew them out in the Orange Bowl back in 2012. I mean, LSU blew seventy out in the to national thirty-three championship game. So that's true. Yeah. So they have a pair of their blow. Dabo has his own blowout. <laughs> yeah. Just oh, oh well. Oh. Man, oh, did, was that, was that me? <laughs> did, did I, I do, do that? Yeah, did I do that? <laughs> Iowa. Are oh, we going to Iowa now? No. If you want to finish up Coastal Carolina, I was going to finish means. up at Coastal Carolina because we had another puker out on the field. Coastal <laughs> Carolina's quarterback threw up on the field, threw up on the field, and then came back in the game and won them the game. You know that's and not beat that Troy. Uncommon, right? Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's that's not uncommon. See, I thought At that was high level situations like that. It is not uncommon. Really, because yeah. I've always thought that is odd. At for these for these guys to get sick in the fact that like they're like they have like a stomach bug or something because they're yeah. so they're so fit and healthy. Well, I mean, think about the and this is the thing you got to think about what these guys are putting their bodies through week in and week out. That's true. And this is what you're exerting your body for the most. Yeah, it's like you're doing all this training. To play the game of football, yeah. Um, so but yes, it, Coastal Carolina knocks off Troy, thirty-five twenty-eight. What were you going to say? Knocks off Troy. Knocks off Troy. I mean, uh-huh. what were you going to say? Uh, Iowa. 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 Iowa they gets lost knocked off. again. 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 Come now I'm starting. On. Now I'm starting to see why people said, "Up, oh, Iowa doing Iowa things." <laughs> Man, it's just you go. From number two to number nine. And then you get blown out by Wisconsin. Yeah. In back-to-back, not back-to-back weeks, but back-to-back games. Mm -hmm. You lose to Purdue 24-7. First off, you barely win against number 22, Penn State, 23-20. You lose to Purdue 24-7. And then you get blown out by Wisconsin, twenty-seven-seven. And Wisconsin is a five and three team at this point. Before they they Oof. came in, they were four and three. That is terrible. Yeah, and I mean, I, I don't know how much hope Iowa has left left for their schedule because they play Northwestern, who is good, like historically, and they're pretty solid this year. Like three and five, that's nothing to sneeze at. They're two wins below five hundred, but <laughs> Yeah. Not that good. They They're should they decent. should win. They should. And then you have Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota's fairly decent. So I'm not worried about Illinois for Iowa, but like come no. on. I know. No. Number I know. two to number nine. Number nine to number nineteen. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. I am glad I'm not an Iowa State or not an Iowa State fan. I am glad I'm not an Iowa State fan, but I'm glad I'm not an Iowa fan though either. Yeah, that would mm, that's rough. Mm-hmm. That is terrible. Speaking of another one that probably shouldn't have lost this week, Kentucky fell to Mississippi State. As the resident, as the current SEC resident here on the podcast, <laughs> as the current resident SEC fan. Will Levis is overrated. Overrated. 
You threw for three interceptions against Mississippi State. Yikes. Yikes. The five and three Mississippi State Bulldogs. And here we were two, three weeks ago. When Saying Will Levis for Heisman. Or, or hey, they might have a chance to beat Georgia. Yeah. No. Nope. <laughs> that nope. was a fever dream. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Kentucky needs to readdress. I mean, they couldn't even put up more than 20 points. They didn't score in the third quarter. Going into halftime, it was 14 10. Mm-hmm. And then coming out, Mississippi State scores 17 unanswered. Kentucky can only score seven in the fourth. Yeah. I should not get this upset about this game, <laughs> but come on, Kentucky. You're just mad because they blew y'all out. But yes, you, that too. But you did meet Mississippi State, though. We did. But you just got blown out by Kentucky. Yeah. <laughs> College football makes no sense. But that's why we love it. That's why we love it. I was cheering for Kentucky. I honestly would, was hoping oh, I yeah. would see them in the big SEC blue. championship. Yeah. Go blue. Or not big. Big blue is Michigan. Blue is. Yeah, it's go blue. Go blue. Go blue. Look at you. Some of the Kentucky fans yelling at me right now. <laughs> but, I mean, Levis <laughs> threw for three interceptions. And then Will Rogers threw for 344 and a touchdown. Dylan Johnson, man, two touchdowns, 41 yards. Yeah. Taking care of business. Yeah. Anyway, that wraps up our recap for our games last week and just some other talking points about last week. Going into this week, we got some games for y'all to watch. Top five games for the Panther Pod listeners to watch. Uh, Liberty versus Ole Miss. If Liberty wins this game and LSU. Mm. <laughs> I mean no disrespect to Liberty. And I know I'm talking but very you, quietly right now. But you hope. But if Liberty wins this game against Ole Miss. At Ole Miss. At Ole, at Ole Miss. If Liberty wins this game at Ole Miss, I am going to lose it. <laughs> I am going to lose my mind. I might be more upset about this than I would LSU getting blown out. Or, sorry. Sorry. Uh, the LSU game. I'm not going to say LSU getting blown out by Alabama. We all know it's going to happen, but, I mean, the LSU game. The LSU game, yes. Thank you, Cole. <sighs> Sorry, I'm having a malfunction here. You're fine. Owen, what's your score prediction? Um, I don't don't a, you dare say Liberty's winning. I don't have a score prediction, but I'm going to be honest. I I think Liberty has absolutely a shot. Oh, I'm not saying Liberty doesn't have a I mean, shot Mal- to win. Look, Malik Willis is another Heisman, Heisman yeah. caliber quarterback. Um, granted, Liberty has shown some weakness. They lost to UL, uh, UL Monroe, Monroe, and then they lost to a like a last second field goal to Syracuse. Yeah, but but again, this, this is, is what the third year. Yes, no. Liberty is still the same team that they were last year when them and Coastal Carolina was just lighting it up all over the place. Yeah. I'm not discrediting Liberty, but if Liberty beats an SEC school on the caliber that Ole Miss is, where they have the clear front runner for Heisman, Matt Corral, <laughs> you're not going to like what I have to say, though. I've had a feeling ever since this game. I think Liberty can pull. I think Liberty pulls the upset. I think Liberty pulls the upset. No, Ole Miss wins. I think Liberty pulls the upset. 
I'm not saying I'm not saying a score prediction because yeah. I don't know what the please don't be. take this as me hating on Liberty. I respect Liberty a lot, but you it's just oh it's no I get it I get it because Ole, like, Ole Miss is a very talented team and you got Lane Train sitting over there on the sidelines. Which hey I mean if Ole Miss loses to Liberty, Lane Lane Kiffin's like yeah no I, I don't need this job and then he goes to LSU. Or Hugh Freeze could come to LSU. Stop. <laughs> Stop. Um, no, Stop. I, I think I think Liberty can pull the upset. I think Liberty can pull the upset. I've got Ole Miss winning. Uh, nope. As an SEC fan, I have. I am contractually obligated to say <laughs> Ole Miss wins. <laughs> um, moving to Big Ten, Michigan State versus Purdue. Now, I know this is the second week we have Michigan State in here, but here's why, though. Purdue is a giant killer. Yes. I think that's safe to say this season. Yes. They took down number two. This is... They've taken down Iowa State before. Yeah. This, honestly, Michigan State is, what, three on the CFP poll? Yes. And yes. I, I think they're still five on the AP. They're yeah, three. They're, five, they're three in CFP and five on AP. Um, for those of you who don't, actively watch football and who are just listening college football playoff pool uh poll came out on yesterday yes tuesday yeah. night came out tuesday night um and the ap poll is what we have been going off of all season the ap poll is the ap is the true poll yeah the ap is the true the true poll for college football that's how you in our op- in our opinion in our opinion it is college football playoff pool is a bunch of dudes sitting around saying, oh, Alabama has three losses. Where, where should we rank them? Oh, number one, for sure. It's Alabama. Yeah, no, that's exactly how it is. But I digress. <laughs> Michigan State is five on AP, three in college football. I got Purdue winning. I think they're a giant killer. This is the giant for them to kill. Um. Nope. I'm gonna go Michigan State. I think Michigan State finally squashes, squashes that giant killer thing, and I think they kill they kill the giant killer. I think Mich- I think Michigan gets it done. Fair enough. I think it gets it done. I think I think the buck stops with Michigan. So Michigan State, not Michigan. Uh, Michigan State. Sorry, the stupid state right there You're at the fair end. Enough. You're good. <laughs> um. But yeah, no. I think I think I think it stops with Michigan State. For this season, anyways. Yeah, I've I've still I've got Purdue. Yeah. I mean, and it's not even I can't bet against them. They took down the number two team in the country for a reason. Yeah, but how good is Iowa now? They just lost to Wisconsin. They got blown out by Wisconsin, <sighs> and pretty much got blown out by Purdue as well. Yeah, I by mean, three points. Seven. Yeah, Purdue only beat them by three less. So. Yeah. But moving on. Back to uh, another S- uh, SEC game. SEC baby. Uh, Auburn plays Texas A&M. This is, I think this is Bo Nix continuing. I think he has had a string of great games ever since the Georgia Tech game. Um, and I think he cements his place as a top three athlete in the nation this week. I'm going to go Texas A&M. I'm going to go – we can't agree on anything tonight. That's fine. That's uh, fine. We're good. <laughs> um, I think just Jimbo and that Texas A&M team, they playing with the chip on their shoulder after beating Alabama. I think they're solid, but I, I don't see them doing anything – I don't want to say doing anything important, 
but I don't see them doing any more like meaningful wins. I I think I think they they can win this one. I think I this think one, they can. I just don't think they will. I I think I think they could win this one. I think it'll be you know. Uh, Texas A&M has already taken down one giant in the SEC West. I think they take down the second. You know, fair enough. I think Texas A&M gets the win with Jimbo, Jim, old Jimbo Fisher out there on the sidelines. Um, and then finally, we go to ACC country: Wake Forest versus UNC. Wake Forest is well, winning. You know, I got Wake Forest on this one yeah. too. We'll we'll agree on this. One. Yes. Um, well, I think this is the not necessarily Wake Forest's test. Because I know uh, two weeks ago we were saying, they, who have they played? But UNC came into the season ranked. UNC they, still has had some solid wins. They beat Virginia, which is looking to be a solid. Virginia is looking to be a solid team. Um, they had the Heisman front runner at the start of the season. Yeah. So I, I think Wake Forest pulls this out. I think it's going to be a close game, though. I don't think it's that close. You think Wake Forest just blows them out of the water? I don't think they blow them out, but I don't think it. I don't think. I don't think it, Wake Forest can keep them. I don't. I don't think UNC can hold them at bay as that much. I don't. I don't know. I th- I think it would be like a 35-14, 35-17 Wake Forest type deal. I think like thirty-five twenty-eight. Uh, maybe. Say. I think it's going to be. High scoring, relatively speaking. I but. I, I think wait I I don't know I think Wake Forest can kind of keep UNC at a distance. I think I think that'll that'll be UNC. Uh, I think that'll be Wake Forest who gets it. UNC's just they got they got something going on. They got some kind of mess going on up there or down there from <laughs> our vantage point. Odak. Yeah. <clears throat> It was a good week for Odak. Oh honestly. yeah. Um, oh yeah. Farum got the win. Oh yeah. We're always a, excited about offensive it. showdown. Um, Hampton Sydney beat Apprentice thirty eight twenty one. Washington and Lee pulled out a close win against Emory and Henry thirty twenty eight. Randolph Macon blew out Shenandoah. Yep. Um, poor Shenandoah. Poor Shenandoah. Uh, They've really fallen off the wagon since yeah. we beat them. Uh, 45-14. And then, of course, that Farham game, 57-35. Both offensive showed, uh, both offensive showed up oh, yeah. in it, this game. It was not a defensive game. No, no. It, um, yeah, no, it was, uh, especially Titus Jones over there, you know. Yeah. Hey, Odak, Odak Player of the Week. touchdowns. Passing. Rushing or just combined? Uh, passing. passing. Passing? Shoot. Shoot. And then we teased it. We said it was going to happen. What? Nick Cook. Oh, yeah. One for one, 17 yards with a 17-yard bomb. That's what I'm talking about. Shout out to your boy. Nick Cook. Nick, Nick Cook. Cook. There you go, friend of the show. Good for him. They listened to us. They listened to us. They said, hey, throw it to Nick Cook. That's what I'm talking about. Um, I will say, though, Guilford kept it a lot closer than I would have liked. Oh, yeah. No, I, I – we, we were afraid of this kind of trap game type deal, and it necessarily – I think we both called it as it was where yeah. we, we said it was going to be – It's guns out. I mean, it yeah. was it was a duel, you know, offensive duel. Um, I mean, you walk, in, you walk into halftime – 
and Guilford wasn't there at halftime. Not it kind of, but not really. It was uh, Ferrum had thirty five points walking into halftime. However, they kind of Guilford had sixteen come out. They score first again. They score first. Now it's twenty nine thirty five, and then Ferrum just piles on, and it's then all of a sudden it's forty two twenty nine fifty twenty nine fifty seven twenty nine, and then Guilford scores uh, one more. It makes it 35-57. Um, I think I said that right, yeah. Um, 35-57. And I'm just, look, Ferrum's offense, like we said all year, just phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Titus yeah. Jones and Tim Hade Penn are a match made in heaven. They spread the love. Yes, this week, yes, yes. As, it as wasn't great as both of them are. are Christian Caldwell led the team in yards at 51. Titus Jones was Oprah tonight. Uh, Oprah this past week. You get a touchdown. You get a touchdown. Everybody gets a touchdown. Pretty much. Of his five passing, yeah. excuse me, six passing touchdowns, mm-hmm. he targeted six different receivers. Yeah. Christian Caldwell, Tamati Penn, Nick Cook, Joe Burris, and Daniel Lamb. Yeah. And then Cal uh, Bowers. Yeah. I mean, you know, it was just – Offensively, it was a showdown. It was we as an offensive. Look, here's like I have grown accustomed to Big Twelve football, so I love the high scoring offense. <laughs> but I also, I also though love a good defense. I appreciate a very good defense. So it kind of hurts when I see these defensive games and the fact that hey, Guilford put up thirty five points on our up against our defense. What does that mean for next week against Washington Lee and then eventually Emory and Henry? Yeah. You know? But I mean Bailey Baker for Guilford, he he threw for three fifty three and yeah. four touchdowns. Yeah. But you take away one pass and he only he barely broke two hundred yards. Yeah. So well, and that and that happens, you know. We've seen there's plenty of runs like that. If somebody yeah. breaks for a seventy yard run, but you take that away. They only average seventy. However, though, they still count it. It oh, still yeah, it no. still counts. It still yeah. counts. So, um, but getting into some stats here, net passing or overall passing yards, Titus Jones had two hundred and fifty six passing yards. They averaged ten point seven yards per pass. That is a first down and just a tad more. I mean, all over. Yep. Hey, but you want to? Uh, but you want to see these these rushing yards for uh, Farum? <laughs> two seventy two with an average of seven point four yards per rush. Oh yeah, no, Josh Alerb. Mm-hmm. What a game. Hey Cole, would you mind reading um, Guilford's total uh, passing yards? Passing or total rushing? We'll go. We'll, I want to save the the good the good rushing. You know, <laughs> the good the good <laughs> rushing. Yeah. Um, Guilford's total passing was three fifty three. Yep. Now they did average nine point eight, which is about yeah. It's still ten yard. You know, that's still a still first down in my book. Nine point eight yards per pass. You know. Um. However, <laughs> our rush defense. It's pretty daggone good. They really tightened up after experiencing Caleb Smith last week. Cole, would you please, please tell us how many, how many uh, yards Guilford could get on the ground? 
Oh, and I believe that number's seventeen. Seventeen. You wouldn't know how many how much how many yards they averaged per rush. They averaged half a yard. Half a yard. <laughs> however, however, defense was able to stop the run. They could not stop the pass. They had a little bit of a rough time. Which with the pass. I mean the the pass is harder to defend than Especially the rush. Especially in college football yes. nowadays. Because, I mean, you, you can't really touch the quarterback yep. that much. No. And you can't get in the way of the ball. Yeah. Hardly at all. No, because they'll call P.I. on you any, yeah. like, just like that. But Trey Alexander, I will, I will give him a shout-out. He had a heck of a day. Um, six receptions, mm-hmm. 164, and two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Including that sixty-nine yard bomb. Mm. But for rushing, they only had, they had thirty-four rushing attempts. Thirty-four. That's Farham had thirty-seven. Oh yeah. So they they could not get anything going. That's Literally terrible. could not go and get anything going. But if you look at if you look at the turnover margin, Guilford had three fumbles. Firm only had one. Yeah. So now there now Firm did have an interception of twenty two yards. They they did not get the interception. Titus Jones's pass was intercepted. Guilford got the interception. So Farham wins the turnover battle. Oh, handedly. Yeah. I mean three fumbles for Guilford and then two turnovers for Farham. Which I'm surprised Farum did not get that many interceptions. I mean, they got zero interceptions. Yeah, it was just good man coverage. Yeah. Um, Titus Jones did get sacked two. He had two sacks 19, for 19 yards. Penalties were just pretty much identical. Guilford had eight penalties for 69 yards, and Farum had penalties had eight penalties for 61 yards. Man. Yeah. Um, with a total offense, though, of 528 yards by Farum, a five-piece, five-piece. Put up a five-burger on the boy. Yes. However, Guilford did have 370 yards total, it, which I is mean, still – hey, but that's, it was an offensive slugfest. Yeah, that's a little less than 200 yards, though. Like, Farum just went out there and just boom, just – you're you're gonna strike. We're gonna strike. We're gonna strike first. We're gonna strike quick, and we're gonna strike hard. I mean, it's you're not gonna know what's gonna happen to you. I love how third quarter to mm-hmm. close out the third quarter, Tamate Penn forty two yard touchdown. Yeah. Oh yeah. Farum decided to go for two to put up a fifty burger. Oh yeah. That's oh awesome. yeah. Oh yeah. That's they, so. They, awesome. why, but why not? If everything if everything is working for you, run game, pass game, every if any if everything is working for you on offense, why not go for it? That's just oh my gosh. That's and he, awesome. and here is the thing though. I hate when this happens is when the coach dials it down when you've got a big lead. Uh hey, we're going to yeah, take the Yeah, because that's how comebacks happen. That's how comebacks happen. You never underestimate your opponent. You that's have no matter if it's Guilford, Kansas, Vanderbilt, or Alabama, you never underestimate your opponent because once you underestimate them, they've got they've already gotten inside your head, and there's a good chance that they can come back and win that game. You got to have a killer mentality, exactly. You and and honestly, you got to have a killer mentality. But as a coach who is losing by a lot, who's getting blown out, 
it would be more embarrassing for me as a coach for the the coach on the other on the other side of the field to the opposing coach to just take the air out of the ball completely and just run it because that shows they lack respect for you they lack respect for your game yep and that would that honestly would make me more mad than anything yeah, as I the would rather a coach I would rather the coach yes I would rather him go for the kill shot yeah and just keep blowing us out tossing it over the top you know because it's almost like a backhanded compliment in that sense of, hey, it's you... Like, res- hey, we know these guys are dangerous. We need to put them away. Yes. we. I respect your game enough to know, you know... And Farum did that. <laughs> Farum, <laughs> Coach, Coach Adams said, yeah, we're not having another apprentice game. We're not having another Averett game. Yeah, we're going to keep the foot on the gas. Yeah, we're... It's pedal to the metal. And really, that's the way it should be. I mean, it's football. Nobody cares about feelings in football. No one should. No one should, anyways. Uh, quick shout-out to the special teams. Seth Deaton was a perfect 7-for-7 seven seven on his extra points. Woo! Uh, no field goals. No field goals. You don't need to kick field goals when you're winning. <laughs> when you're winning that much, I mean, yeah. and it didn't look like they were going to have to. If uh, shoot, why didn't they throw Seth Deaton a touchdown? Golly, you know, yeah, he was been awesome. He's already or allow Seth Deaton to throw the touchdown. You know, like uh, Josh Luckett did have two punts mm-hmm. for 81 yards. So well, good for him. He had one inside the 20. Hey, hey, looky there, looky there. I am. It feels good. It feels good to get this win after last week, or after two after two weeks ago. You know. Yep, absolutely. It feels I mean, this good. Is, this is a good turnaround from this Ferrum team, and honestly, it looks like this Ferrum team is built for. I was about to say playoff football, but for the bowl games. However, though, however, and I hate to say this. But unless a miracle happens next week, yeah, I we're not getting them. I don't think I don't think we're we're getting a bowl game, and I don't think we're winning the conference. For us to be in contention, Hampton, Sydney, Randolph, Macon, and Washington and Lee for first place. For first place, Washington and Lee needs to lose two games in conference. Yes, so they need to lose this week. And they need to lose next week. Yep. And then Randolph, Macon, and Hampton, Sydney both need to lose one game in conference. Yes. Both, all, with the exception of Washington and Lee, highly doable. Yes. Randolph, Macon does scare me a little bit, but Hampton, Sydney sitting at four and four in third place. Mm. And if we can, if we can get to second place, maybe uh, we we'll still get to a bowl game. Yeah, we have to beat Washington Lee. Yeah, we have this, if we this, want a chance, we have to beat Washington Lee. This is de facto. It's not our last game of the season because we do have the Crooked Road Classic against Emory. And Henry. But it's not a f- conference game. But this is the last game of the season for us. Last conference, uh, last ODAC yeah. game of the season. We the Emory and Henry game is. I think it's officially listed as an exhibition, I'm pretty sure. Something like that. Like, it counts. Like, it's still going to go on our record, on our overall record. Yeah, but it's not going to matter in conference. It's not going to matter in conference play. So, this is – and it's so weird to say that Ferrum only has two games of the season left. Yep. Very odd. Uh, This season has really flown by. Oh, yeah. But – I did not expect this season to fly by. No, no, no. We're already on episode 10. It felt like we did episode, like, three. Oh, yeah. Last week. Yeah. 
So, but um, no, Ferrum has got to beat Washington Lee. I mean, there it, it is a must-win situation if you if you want to make it into at least the top two. Yep. And then from there, it's out of Ferrum's control. Yeah. And here's the thing with Hamden Sydney though is they won last week, but they beat a non-conference. Yeah. opponent. So, so it hel- it helps us a little bit that they didn't beat another one and go four and one and and but and still remained at three and one. Yep. So it ultimately it, it comes down to this weekend um for Ferrum and Washington Lee. And we'll get into this a little bit later on yeah. previewing it. Yeah. But this this is de facto this is the last week of football for Ferrum if some stuff does not go right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Owen, I hate this. You know what time it is, Cole. You know what time it is. Owen, I hate this. No, you you know exactly what time it is, Cole. Take me home to the place I belong. West Virginia, Mountain Mama, take me home, country road. <laughs> we did it! Hey, you remember when I was talking about earlier in the show about all of the um, upsets that happened over the week? By the way, this is one of those upsets. Number 22 Iowa State falls to the West Virginia Mountaineers. As Tony Creedy would say, it was a great day to be a Mountaineer, wherever you may be. Oh, my gosh. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, the most complete game I have ever seen them play. Let me just tell you, Jarrett Daigie finished number three this week in the quarterback rankings in the nation, not just in the conference, in the nation. He now leads the Big 12 in passing yards. What a freaking turnaround it has been from the beginning of the season to now. Where was this team against Maryland? Where was this team against Oklahoma? Where was this team against uh, Texas Tech? Baylor's an exception because we got blown out by Baylor. But where was this team? And, I mean, we could say this for Baylor, too. Where was this team against Baylor? You know, that team just didn't uh, – a team didn't even show up that game. But I am just so thrilled. I am so thrilled, so pumped. Like, off it, if this was Big 12 football – Big 12 football. I <laughs> I am just so happy. It was your typical Mountaineer West Virginia football weather. That's what it was. It was cold. It was chilly. It was um, it was cold. It was kind of more or less kind of chilly, foggy, a little bit rainy, and it was Halloween weekend. And boy, them cyclones got us scared, didn't they? Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo! Oh man, I oh I'm so pumped. I'm so pumped. Kept Brees Hall to okay, 167 yards rushing. However, two of those was a 70 yard rush and a 50 yard and a 52 yard rush. Take those away. Those still count though. Those still count. Take those away. He has not even over 100 yards. Yeah, that's a majority of his rushing. Yeah, in two runs. Yes, yes, and just we 
hurried Brock Purdy. I mean, we so if this kind of gives you into perspective, West Virginia, the the offensive line allowed allowed seven hurries, meaning Jarrett Deggy was rushed. Yeah, the he was didn't yeah have enough time to set up properly and had to escape the pocket. Yes. And he didn't take a sa- and no sack. He was not sacked once during this game. Big old goose egg. Oh yeah, Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy was hurried twenty three times. Twenty three. That's the West Virginia defense for you. I mean, yes. you've been you've been ragging on it all season. Oh long. yes, West Virginia's defense. Yes, is, and I think this win awoke a lot of people's eyes to that. West oh yeah, his defense should be number one in the nation. Oh yes, and uh, Brocktober, no more, <laughs> no more. <laughs> But, man, am I glad to see Brock Purdy go. He is that good, and I'm glad we escaped this one. But, <laughs> woo-hoo! I don't know how what you saw from the highlights. Bryce Ford Wheaton makes the catch of the year. Did you see that? I can't say that I did. It was oh, phenomenal. Just, oh. Chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. However, I will say I think the risk gave us this one because I don't think his toe is down. But that doesn't matter. Um <laughs> They uh, officiating was pretty terrible. Typical Big Twelve officiating. It was pretty terrible this game. But hey, um, y'all won. Hey, so we it won. Doesn't matter. Here's the thing, though. So before I get into the touchdown, we're marching down the field and we throw a Daggy throws a bomb to Bryce Ford Wheaton, and he catches it. Great catch. His arm is extended. Did not touch. The uh, defender, nothing. His arm was d- extended. Ref throws a P.I. Mm. Calls it all the way back. Come back. Uh, we, so we reset. Try it again. Holding. Neil Brown is livid at this point. I mean, all West Virginia fans are livid at this point because yeah, it was Morgan not town. You get that kind of call. Yeah, it was. I'm surprised none of the refs got beat up. Like I, you <laughs> yeah. know, like as I was, as West Virginia fans are. Yeah, not anymore. We're not Tennessee fans anymore. Okay, throwing mustard and water bottles and stuff at Lane Kiffin. Philly, uh, Philly Eagles fans. Yeah, batteries and the refs when they were yeah. leaving. Yeah, no, I. Yeah. Sometimes the refs deserve it. Let's be honest yeah, here. Yeah, 100%. Sometimes they deserve it. People are like, coaches are like, well, this game is so fast and da-da-da-da-da. It's like, yeah, but there are bad calls, and these were yeah. some bad calls. But here's the thing. I would not be talking about this, how amazing of a catch it was, if Iowa State had not scored off of these two penalties. Yeah. West Virginia gets that PI in a PI penalty. Then we get a holding penalty. So now we're down in our own 20, you know, uh, in our own 20-yard line. In our own red zone. In our own red zone. Jarrett Dagey, this was not his best decision, but this this was one of the times that he was rushed, throws it to Letty Brown, pick six. Mm. Right there. So they scored off of it, and they take the lead. There were six lead changes and five ties during the entire game. Man. That is Big 12 football right there. Yeah. Big 12 football. If that doesn't scream Big 12 football, then... I don't know what does. I, I mean, to be honest with you, I don't know what does scream Big 12 football. This score, 38-31, to 31, screams Big 12 football. But I am just so, so happy because Iowa State was the number 22 team in the country. And just West Virginia just came in there and said, all right, we'll go toe-to-toe with you. 
Our offense is going to step up, and it—I mean, it did. It was great. And uh, talking about the touchdown, Jarrett Dagey throws the touchdown pass. Bryce Ford Wheaton catches it with the end, not just on the like underneath on the belly of the ball. With the end, with the point of the ball, catches it, manages to get drag a toe down in the back of the end zone for a touchdown. I thought for sure, if you go back and watch this on the highlights, I thought for sure that there was no way he got that foot down. No way that he got a foot down to begin with. Got called. So there was no undisputable evidence to overturn this call. And it was called on the field. Awesome. Score touchdown. They gave it. They kind of gave us one right there, but I'm gonna say right there. You know, I'll take it. They, they made up for the penalties. Yeah. Although I think he did drag his toe, but there's but it was on ESPN Plus, so they got one of like the camcorders that the, you get from Best Buy to, <laughs> to, to 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 show us the game. So there wasn't enough cameras there, but I do think he got just a just a tiny toe drag inbounds. What helps though is he's wearing dark blue cleats in a dark blue end zone. Yeah, so, that's fair. But I mean, y'all's borders would be painted white then, right? Yeah, or white or gold. Yeah, white, white. Our borders okay. are painted white. So even if, because that would have kicked up white turf. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. Yeah. So he, uh, yep, gets the call, touchdown, um, and then get a fumble recovery our way in the in the end zone. It was oh, it was a great day to be a Mountaineer. Jarrett Day, some of those passes just. Oh, so beautiful. Just double covered in the like right on the numbers. Doesn't that matter. Doesn't matter. He was making any throw, any which way. Here's some of Daggy's stats if you're curious. 30 for 46. May not look like much, but let me tell you, it was his best game. 370 yards passing. Jesus. On one of the best defenses in the Big 12. Three touchdowns, two interceptions. So that one that I talked about, that pick six, was on him. The other one was on the receiver. Daggy hits him straight in the numbers. It found, it pops out, or it hits him, bounces off, and during the deflection, a, a defender jumps up and grabs it. Wasn't Daggy's fault. Letty Brown, my man. 22 carries, 190 yards, two touchdowns. And like we talked about before, Bryce Ford Wheaton, six receptions, 106 yards, two touchdowns. There was not a ball that this man could not catch that that day. Catch it, cold in the desert. Oh, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Brock Purdy, he was um, – actually, no, we'll get to their stats uh, after I give you team stats because team stats are the best. Um, Cole, we were right under 500 yards total offense, 492 total yards of offense. Big – 12 football. <laughs> You're not wrong. Like I said, 370 yards passing. We averaged eight yards per pass. Eight yards. We were beating them up through the air. Rushing. Yeah. Had 122 yards rushing, averaged 4.2 yards a rush. We had five penalties for 55 yards. Oof. Yeah. However, we had... We did not win. Oddly enough, we did not win the turnover battle. We only had one fumble recovery, but we threw two interceptions. However, we controlled the game. Almost the entire second quarter, our offense was on the field. 34 minutes. 34 minutes, 18 seconds was our average time. Our, uh, was the average time we 
uh, controlled the clock. And you were productive with that time because yes, the thing is with like the Farum Hampton Sydney game, that showed you you don't have to win the time of possession battle no. to win the game no. if your offense is explosive enough. Yeah, and it's like going back to the Will Greer era. Mm-hmm. You could have had the ball for fifteen minutes while the other team had forty-five, mm-hmm. and beaten them by. 28. Well, and here's another stat for you. We made five trips to the red zone. Four of those were, were touchdowns. We were That's five. Awesome. We were five for five in the red zone. Four touchdowns, one field goal. We capitalized on scoring points this this game. It was awesome. It was awesome. Just off, offense was absolutely efficient. Here's another stat for you. Um, West Virginia was nine for fifteen on third downs. Iowa State was two for twelve. Ooh, third down defense. Yes, yes, sir, yes, sir. So, uh, yeah, West Virginia had a pretty good day up there in Morgantown. Well, I'm glad I got to live vicariously through you for a week. You're welcome. I'm proud I of. I might it. live vicariously through you for another week. We'll, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how the LSU game goes. Yeah. Um, Real quick, Brock Purdy stats. He was 16 for 27, 185 yards and one touchdown. Brees Hall had 24 carries, 167 yards, one touchdown. And uh, Milton had one reception for 68 yards and a touchdown. They had 424 total yards of offense, 185 passing yards. Seven. They averaged seven yards per pass. They had 239 rushing yards, averaged seven yards per rush. Mind you. Remember, Brees Hall had a 70-yard touchdown run and a 52-yard touchdown. Yeah, so those stats are going to be a little bit inflated. But yeah, but at it the still same counts. Time they count. They still count. Yeah. Um, so that was amazing. <laughs> I was absolutely thrilled. I'm happy for you, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. I almost asked you how to LSU did this week, but I forgot you had a bye week. So yeah, like, y'all did all right. Uh, LSU well, won. I, I don't know if we won the bye week or not um we'll find we'll find out this we'll coming. find out coming up against alabama um to my knowledge max johnson is still the starting quarterback for lsu let's hope let's hope and pray yes um as we said a little bit earlier this week college football selection committee did release their first poll there were some trash polls too it was a trash poll um what i will say we are still going to do the full top 25. For AP. For AP. Because in here on the Panther Pod, we believe the AP is tried and true. Yeah. And that is the one to live by. However, however, we will give you the top 12, 12. of CFP because they are considered. Because if you want to look at it and say, hey, these are going to be, if we expand. Contenders. Yeah. But we're also going to, you know, they're they're thinking about expanding to twelve to a 12-team playoff. Not this year. Not this year. But sometime in the near future, they're looking at expanding to a 12-team playoff. Which so, I agree with. But yes. I also think that they should, they should rely on the AP poll. Yes. Because clearly this is just some list that someone threw together. Yeah. Yeah. But so going into that a little bit, uh, Georgia still number one. Yep. Previous number one, eight and zero. Yep. Received sixty three first place votes. Wow. Cincinnati, uh, still number two. Yep. <sighs> <laughs> uh, 
The team that LSU plays this week is number three, seven and one after their loss to Texas A&M. Alabama. A few weeks. I didn't say that. <laughs> uh, number four is Oklahoma. Uh, still coming in at number four. So the top four stays the same after last week. Yeah, and Oklahoma is 9-0. Oklahoma, after absolutely spanking. They haven't had their, their bye week is this week, right? Yeah, so they're absolutely spanking Texas Tech. Oh, yeah. they Without a doubt. Yeah. Um, number five, Clocking in at number five is Michigan State over their uh, in-state rival, Michigan. Uh, number six is Ohio State beat, knocking off Penn State. Number seven is Oregon. And then coming in at number eight is 7-1 Notre Dame. I don't like it. I don't either. Uh, number nine after their loss to Michigan State is Michigan. Uh, they're previously number six, so they fell three. Uh, Notre Dame did go from 11 to eight. Mm. Uh, and then, yeah, I think that was it. Um, Wake Forest clocking in at 10. They rose three spots. They are undefeated. Mm-hmm. Number 11, Oklahoma State moving from 15 to 11, uh, seven and one. And then number 12, Auburn moving up from 18. They're six and two, and I think they're the highest two loss team. It's that SEC name. It's, it's that SEC name. Well, it's also I think a lot of it has to do with Bo Nix, man. SEC because name. If they and I'll I'll agree with you. Yeah. Like I, I'm an SEC fan. I'm not the type of SEC fan to say, hey, just because we play in the Southeastern Conference, it do, it don't mean a thing. Like it it does. The SEC yeah. has a brand and it helps. Yeah, but I also think Bonix's consistency helps in their rankings. Yep, yep. Because when you're watching them, they look like a top team. Yeah, they do. I guess if Bonix is on, if Bonix is on, coming at number thirteen is Jimbo Fisher's Texas A&M Aggies. Gig'em, as they say. Gig'em, gig'em. Um, and then number fourteen Baylor after knocking off Texas. Number fifteen is Ole Miss. And then number 16, look at here, another a group of five team at UTSA. Moving on up. Moving uh, on up. Moving on up. Undefeated UTSA moving up from the 23rd spot. Uh, speaking of moving up from the 20s, number 17, BYU. Mm-hmm. Moving up to 17th. 72 overall moved up from the 25th spot. Number 18, Kentucky. Dropped. Dropped hard. Yes. Uh, drop from the spot. 12 spot, six and two overall. Number 19, another team that dropped 10 spots. Yep. Iowa. Yep. Six and two overall. Number 20, hey, you didn't have to say it. No. Uh, <laughs> number 20, Houston, after knocking off SMU. Uh, this is the first time I think they're ranked yeah. this year. Wow. Holgerson actually got them somewhere. Good for them. Yep. Uh, coming in at number 21 is the Party School, otherwise known as Coastal Carolina. Been ranked every week. Yep. Uh, Penn State comes in at number 22. SMU, even though they lost, comes in at number 23. They only, I think they dropped four. Yep. Hey, and then look who's up there, Cole. Would you mind? Regin. Comes in at number 24, Louisiana Lafayette. And then rounding up the top 25 is Fresno State. <sighs> So, I, I'll tend to agree with the AP poll more than I will any other poll. Yeah. Just because you factor in win-loss records, you factor in the coaching there. there. There's a lot that goes into it. Yeah, yeah. What you're about to say, I don't agree with. No, I don't agree with any of this either. 
do you want to do the first four? Yeah, no, I'll do the first four. Okay. okay it's, I'll save you the pain since you had to read it the first time. I appreciate that. You're Thank welcome. You. You're welcome. Number one. Now, I do agree with the number one pick. Oh, yeah. And the that's clear Georgia. number one. The clear number one. Georgia is the clear number one. However, the number two pick just, oh, no, no, absolutely not. If they're still number two in the CFP selection next week, I'm going to lose it. I think everybody loses. I think everybody lost it this week. Everybody lost it this there week. There is no way that they should be number two. No, absolutely not. Number two, Alabama, who's seven and one. Boo. No, I mean this is ridiculous. Boo. Over a number three, Michigan State, which is eight and zero. I can understand if you kick Cincy out of the top four, but Alabama, Bama. Come on. No, they should at least – I mean, I can see them – I'm not saying that they're not a championship contender because they are. They're still playing well. I know you don't like that. They still are playing well. However, they don't deserve to be in the top four. No. <sighs> they deserve to be in the top four. They don't deserve to be in the top four of that. They don't deserve to be in the top two. No. That's not fourth, Yes. If you put them at fourth, like if your top four in the CFP committee was the exact same as the AP poll, yeah, I would not have any complaints. Because you're going to tell me that, so you're going to tell me that Notre Dame is not that good you're because tell me because Oklahoma, Oklahoma yeah. is not that good. Uh, I mean, no, but they're still undefeated though. Yeah, they're still nine undefeated. and zero Oklahoma. Yes, I know. No, I know. Um, and anyway. then rounding out the top four for the CFP is Oregon. Michigan State was three. Yes, Michigan State was three. Shout out Ethan Berger. Um, yeah. <laughs> you want to do number five? Number five, Ohio State undefeated. No, no, no they are defeated. They lost to uh, Oregon, remember? Oh, excuse me. Number five, Ohio State. I was reading. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was reading Cincinnati stat line. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. Cincinnati, Six. the number two school in the country, the clear number two. The clear number two. Sixth. Yeah. BS. Uh, yes, absolutely BS. But unfortunately, these are the rankings that they're going to go off from now on. Yeah, and it's stupid. This is absolutely ridiculous. This is why. This is why the college football does not get that much views anymore. Why the yeah. playoffs don't get that much views is because you knock off Cincinnati. Nobody is making money by having Cincinnati as number six, and nobody's making money by having Alabama at number two. Alabama is, but college football playoff, the committee, the the networks, they are not getting money. Like, it has been shown. Like, people are talking about it. We need to, this is why the college football playoffs are getting a reboot is because they're losing money because it's yeah, boring because to everybody. Everyone's Be- tired of seeing the same team win it every single year. Or at least at least the same one team in it every year. Before it was Alabama and Clemson. Clemson's not in it this year. However, I'm tired of seeing Alabama ranked up so far because they have that big old fat A right there on their logo. Yeah. You I'm, see why I hate them so much. No, I know, I know. No, I they irritate me as well. They irritate me as well. It makes I mean, they are a good team. Don't get me wrong. They are a solid, solid program. They do not deserve to be number two. No. Over a undefeated Michigan State, over an undefeated Cincinnati, over an undefeated Oklahoma. No. There's no way. I mean it, But <sighs> number seven ranked above Oklahoma. Michigan coming yep. off of their loss to Michigan State. Yep. We can we can say how much we despise this list. Yes. But 
I digress. Yes. Number eight, Oklahoma, undefeated, should be three. Yes. <sighs> Number nine, Wake Forest, another undefeated team, might I add you. Which, to be fair, they the only difference there mm-hmm. is they just swap spots yeah. with uh, Michigan. Yeah. So that one's fine. Yeah. Number 10, Notre Dame, 7-1. Number 11, Oklahoma State, 7-1. They don't move anywhere from the AP top 25. And then rounding out the top 12, Baylor at 7-1. Owen, who's your biggest snub from this top 25? I, I think it's BYU. They've been playing solid football. Granted, they lost to Baylor, but they, they beat a good Virginia team, and they've been, they've been playing really well. I'm going to say SMU. They're not even on the list. No. Like, they got snubbed from the list. I understand that they just lost to Houston, but that's the only list, and they I think they're the second highest production offense in the country right now. Yeah. There's it's, no freaking way. This this is absolutely – there is nothing more corrupt than the college football playoff system. I hate this as much as I hate Alabama. Yes. And that's saying something. It's – and I'm going to throw a curveball at you, Cole, before we go into your LSU preview. Who Who is your top six? My top six? Yeah, who would you want to be your top six? Who would I want to be my top six? Yeah, yeah, in your or opinion. who would who, I, like, base – because my want would be LSU number no, one. No, no, yes. That's not going to happen. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm I, I hear what you're saying. Based, looking at the records and knowing these teams, who are you putting in the top six if it was solely up to you? Number one, Georgia. Okay. Number two, Cincy. Mm-hmm. Number three, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Number four, Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Number five, number five, Alabama. That hurt. <laughs> <laughs> that really hurt. And then number six, Oregon. Okay, mine. Number one, Georgia. Number two, Cincy. Number three, Michigan State. Number four, Oklahoma. And number five, um, Wake Forest. Number six, probably Alabama. Yeah. Number six is probably Alabama. And this is why, is because I value an undefeated team over... You should. They haven't lost to anybody. They haven't lost to anybody. So why why is it that you struggle to put these teams in there? Like, are you afraid of being wrong? Why are you afraid? Of, you know, is that the whole issue? Is that you're afraid of being wrong, and then you think that the playoff, the football playoffs, look like a joke? Well, they already look like a joke now with how they're yeah, ranked. Yeah, because since he's not even in the freaking top four. No, they're not. But like here's I would be more okay with them saying, Hey, Wake Forest gets in the top four. Yeah. Because because here's because they're, they're undefeated, undefeated. And if they get blown out by UNC this week, oh well, that's a surprise to everybody because they're undefeated. Yeah. It, you don't look like a big fool you don't look like a as big of a fool then, you know. But I digress. We'll get into this later. There'll be more of this later. Cole. It is your turn, since you didn't get to give us a preview last week, it is your turn to give us a nice old big preview for LSU this week. Would you like your soapbox? LSU wins 82 to nothing. Doesn't matter who we're playing. All right, that's been no, it for no, the Panther no, no, Pod, no, 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 everyone. No, 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 no. I ain't going to uh, get you. Y'all have a good night. No, I ain't going to let you walk away with that one super easy. Oh, man. Uh, nope. Ain't happening. Um, 
Ellis, are we going off of the CFP rankings or are we going off the AP rankings? Either way, it doesn't matter. Um, but just for posterity's sake. Because I think well, okay, ESPN, so, I think, goes off of the CFP rankings. Yes. Okay, yes. So, so we'll just go off of those. Yeah. LSU plays number two ranked Alabama this week. Max Johnson, if if I ever get a chance to say I'm sorry for this game and what is going to happen in this game uh, to you in person, I, I will gladly take it. Y'all, I'm going to be real with you. I am not going to be okay. I hate to be a Debbie Downer. I am not going to be okay. LSU is four and four. Alabama is seven and one. Alabama is Alabama. And I'm I'm not even gonna this, say this is so sad right now. Like yeah. I, I I can feel the tears from over here. I am not okay. Um, <laughs> that was such a that was such a sad moment. Golly, <laughs> look, I I can be as hopeful as I want to be, and by all means, I hope that LSU just comes out and wins the game. I'm not even going to say blowout city or anything like that for LSU because there's there's no way. Um, our defense has been exploited too many times. Several times. For me to predict anything of that. And Alabama is not going to make mistakes. They're Alabama. I think that Alabama's defense is too good and that Max Johnson is going to have a rough day. But that being said... LSU wins 35-28. Such a con- I can hear the confidence, Cole. I can hear the confidence from your voice. Oh, and I don't want to talk about it. I, I can hear the confidence I'm from your voice. I'm going to go get my weighted blanket and fix me a cup of tea now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Look, here's the thing. I think you're way too overpowered. You have a lot of things going on. I mean, I'm, I'm just going to be blunt with you right now. Like... Oh, and right now we're vying for bowl eligibility. I know. How does it make you feel that West Virginia and LSU have the same record? Not good. <laughs> what is that supposed to mean? I mean, we're playing pretty decent right now. Yeah. <laughs> and we're playing Alabama right now. Yeah. So uh, it doesn't matter if we're playing decent or not, Owen. Better you than me. <laughs> better you than me. <laughs> yeah, so funny. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay, buddy. It's okay. <laughs> um, I think you're just. I think you're way too too overpowered in this in this game. Oh yeah, it's, no. I I have already made peace with the fact that LSU is probably going to be blown out. Yeah. Um. I'm I'm going to say forty nine seventeen. Forty nine seventeen. You're being nice. I am being nice. <laughs> That's bad. I am being nice. Forty nine, forty nine, seventeen. I think. I think this Alabama. is the one week a year that I hate being. <laughs> I hate. Come join the Big Twelve. 
Why not? It's, I mean, it's not that bad. West Virginia and LSU would have a great rivalry. Oh, that would be awesome. And I honestly, if both of us get bowl eligibility, which for LSU with our with our schedule coming up. It's going to be hard. It's going to be tough. We're going to have to upset at least one team. We still play Arkansas. Yeah. And we still play Texas A&M. But you play the toughest one of all. It's Alabama, yeah. No, I was going to say Louisiana Monroe. <laughs> if we lose to freaking L.A. Monroe – I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. I quit. <laughs> I will never not be an LSU Tigers fan, but I will be highly displeased. Highly displeased. But no, for us to for us to be bowl eligible, we have to win two more games. Yeah. And honestly, those two games are looking like Arkansas and LA Monroe. Yeah. Arkansas is a stretch. Yeah. <laughs> Arkansas is a stretch. Yeah. Um Yeah, but yeah, we could go eight and four. Hey, we could go eight and four as well. Yeah. Um, you want to get into my preview now? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Um, LSU game comes on seven p.m. ESPN. Please don't watch. Um, this is uh, this is big news too. Uh, this is the first time in I don't know how many years that CBS will not be covering this game. Yeah, I think it, I I I know we were talking about it before the show. I think you were saying it's like what sixty something like sixty years something like that. I don't think it's that much. Which is crazy, but, it, but it, it's been a couple decades. Yeah, um, at least a couple decades since CBS has not covered this game. So yeah, primetime game is it at Alabama? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, it's at. Oh Brandon. no! Oh no! Yeah, that's why I'm saying, please don't watch. Oh no! Uh, Everybody's going to watch now. Yeah, no. Everybody's going to watch. Yeah. This is uh, this is our last road game of the year. Everything oh, that must else be nice. Is, is at home. That must be nice. Um. Yeah. So Must be nice. if if I'm not here next week, please understand. <laughs> <laughs> um you wanna walk into West Virginia's preview now? Sure. Okay. Please. West Virginia <laughs> It's okay. You'll be okay. Uh West Virginia uh host Oklahoma State. And I wanna apologize for last week. I was very wrong on in my information. Last week was not the Hall of last week was the Hall of Fame week. Noel Devine was inducted to the West Virginia Hall of Fame. Oh, nice. However, this week is the week that Major Harris is in town, the GOAT, and his number, number nine, is getting retired this week. Um, there will be several Mountaineers in attendance. Bruce Irvin is one of them. That will be. Mo- most of them have not been in a long time. Um, it's been a long time. Like, if Pat White were to ever return to campus during the football season. Parties. It would, I mean, Milan Pushkar Stadium would erupt. Like, I don't think it would it would be left standing if Pat White were to come back for, uh, you know. And it's hard for him t- to do that anyways because he is a running backs coach for South Florida. Yeah. For USF. So, if USF gets moved into round two for Big 12 expansion, he could be back. <laughs> Just on the opposing... Yeah, not in a good way. That would be really awkward for people to not... I mean, you have to acknowledge Pat White, though. No, you have to acknowledge Pat White. You have to. I wonder if Pat McAfee... I would love for Pat McAfee to come back. So, here's the thing. Pat McAfee, when he played, he missed a field goal. I don't even know what team it was against. Maybe Pitt? I can't remember what team it was against. I don't even remember the game. I'm I'm not old enough to remember the game. 
Um, but he received a lot of hatred. Granted, this was the game right after Rich Rod said, hey, I'm out, I'm going to Michigan. And he misses, and it's in a tight game to pit, and we lose by a field goal. Mm. Um, and he got so much hate and death threats from that that he was like, I don't want to come back. He, I don't think he's been back since then. That's understandable. And I get it. But, I, but you know, I also, too, like, here's the thing. is like, it's been so long. It's been so long. And it, and, and it wasn't him that everybody was mad at. It was Rich Rod. If Brian Bosworth can come back to Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was not. It's not him. If Jamarcus Russell can come back to LSU, Pat McAfee can come back oh, to yeah. West Virginia. Well, and he's so popular now with his radio show. There are a ton of Mountaineer. I'm st- I'm sure there are a ton of Mountaineer fans that listen to Pat McAfee's show. So they like Pat McAfee is beloved in West Virginia. I think just at the time, people were more upset with how Rich Rod left and what happened during that game. Yeah, that's fair. Against a big time rival, you know. Um. We're actually going to go play LSU in that, in that, um, yeah, in, the in that cha- championship. championship. Yeah, uh, if we had won, but yeah, no, I think Pat McAfee is would be very welcome. But getting into West Virginia uh, preview after we got off a, off on a little tangent, um, West Virginia hosts Oklahoma State this weekend, three thirty on ESPN. This is a big game. Um, host number eleven CFP rankings. Host number eleven uh, Oklahoma State. I want. I hope we can. I think we can play spoiler to them, um, especially after last week. I think we can do it. Spencer Sanders is good, but he is also like Daigie, where Daigie wasn't as consistent. Now I haven't watched much of Oklahoma State on game days because you know West Virginia's been playing, so I don't watch. Oh yeah, no, that's fair. Um, but he is. There is just a lot of much like Bo Nix. There's a little bit of inconsistency surrounding him. So. I think defense. I think our defense is good. We don't have Chuba. We don't have to deal with Chuba Hubbard on the yeah. other side of the ball, and just have to deal with Spencer Sanders. Now, not saying that their entire offense is just terrible. Obviously not, because they're seven and one. They lost to Iowa State, and we've beat Iowa State, so we can beat Oklahoma as long as we play like we did last week. We can beat Oklahoma. Oklahoma State. We can beat Oklahoma State. I wouldn't say easily, but we we could put up points against them. Um, I I won't just don't change nothing. Just keep it consistent. Keep pounding the ball. Like just keep doing what you're doing. You've did, you, that you've been doing this past few weeks. This team has become has been able to overcome adversity. And they said, "All right, you're gonna hit me in the mouth. I'm gonna stand up and hit you right back." You know, it. it we have responded to adversity, in game adversity, really well. And I'm proud of that. And I think we will be able. to to do so this week against Oklahoma State. Um, I think it'll, it, it's obviously another big game. The crowd better be there. I mean, this this is a huge game. And Major Harris is coming back. It it has got to be – this crowd's going to be wild. It's going to be a it's going to be a time in Morgantown. Um, I think I think I, I genuinely think West Virginia gets the win, thirty five twenty eight. West Virginia. 35. Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. 42. <sighs> why? Give me reasons why. 
Oak State's just that good. Fair enough. Daigie has had too many good games in a row. It's time for him to fall off the bus. He did have those interceptions, those two interceptions. He like did, I said, but those one of them wasn't his fault. One of them wasn't his fault, no. There were a few missed balls. He did, but But I think whatever they're doing in practice has worked. And I think that's going to continue. I and hope it continues. I want it to continue. I'll agree with you. I just don't see it happening this week. Well, I hope I'm right and you're wrong. So, <laughs> And I hope so, too. And I hope I'm right about the Alabama game. I hope you're right, too. I hope you're right, too. But like I said with Alabama, I think you're just you're way too overmatched. Yeah, that's fair. That's, I mean... I think... What you're trying to say was with West Virginia is we've we've proven we've we've we're You've able to been, shoot ourselves. Yeah, I don't think Oak State is going to beat you. I think West Virginia is going to beat you. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. West Virginia is West Virginia's own worst enemy. Yeah, and I'm not trying to take away from either team, but in any of your losses, you can point to about eight different things that West Virginia did that they. Oh yeah, no, that no. Cost them the game. Maryland, you can look at what we did and how we lost Maryland, how we almost lost to Virginia Tech, how we lost to Oklahoma State, how we, excuse me, and how we lost to Texas Tech. Baylor was a different story. That wasn't that game wasn't close at all. But you can see what we've done, what we did wrong. However, I have not seen that out of this team since the bye week. That was a, I think that was a bigger bye week and much more needed than what we thought. As uh, West Virginia fans, I'm excited. I do think West Virginia gets the win over Oklahoma State, 35-28. ODAC? Yep. More ODAC. More ODAC. More ODAC. More ODAC. ODAC standings. Washington and Lee, number one. 4-0 in conference. 7-1 overall. 7-1 overall. Fair and plays them. Next, yep, this, this upcoming week, this upcoming week. Randolph Macon, four and one, eight and one overall. Mm-hmm. Hampton Sydney, three and one, four and four overall. God. I know. No, that 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 overall record is what kills me. Is what that's just that one is what kills me. Farum is in the four spot, three and two, six and two overall. Shenandoah. Poor Shenandoah. Two and three, five and three overall. Had such high hopes during the middle of the season. I know. Bridgewater. 0-4 in conference, 3-5 and five overall. Guilford. Good old Guilford. <laughs> Good old Guilford. 0-5, 1-6 overall. Mm. That is a rough year. Yeah. That is a rough year. I think they have a rough year every year. <laughs> Not gonna lie. Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much. Um, so, Farum, previewing Farum's game, they play Washington Lee at Washington Lee this week. I think we said earlier that this is a must-win for Farrum. This is a must-win. This is a must-win. If they lose, it's over. Season's yeah. over. Uh, now, that's see, we we see, still we, play Emory and Henry. We still play Emory and Henry, but, but season's over. As postseason of, is yeah, over. For any chance of us going to a bowl this year, we yeah. have to win. Yeah. I um, no, I agree with you. It, we we've we've got to win this game. Um, I just. What I want to see out of Farum is I want to see the offense keep doing what it's doing. I want to see Titus Jones spread that ball around again, if he can. I want him to spread the ball around. Running game, 
looked better against Guilford. Defense has got to stand up against the pass. It's got to stand up against the pass. That's where we're getting beat. So Bridgewater plays Hampton Sydney this week. Oh gosh. And Randolph Macon is on a bye. <sighs> Who do they play at the end? Who does Randolph Macon play at the end of the season? Randolph Macon plays Hampton Sydney. Okay. So okay. that would be your de facto. Basically, Washington Lee needs to win out or uh, needs to lose out, and Ferrum needs to win out. Who does Washington Lee play after us? Shenandoah. That's not what I wanted to hear. Yep. Could have been worse. Could have been Guilford. <laughs> Could have been Guilford. Um, it's a lot of things need to happen for us to get into the two spot. Yeah. More things need to happen for us to get into the one. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it does. And I don't, I think we play a conference championship game. I'm not a hundred percent sure with this small of a conference. I don't know if we do or not. Not, I don't think in a, I thought Bridgewater and Ham and Randolph Macon played a championship game two years ago. They might have changed it. I, I'm not entirely sure. I'm not. Enti- well, that at that point in time, Emory and Henry was in the conference. Farron was in the conference, and Southern Virginia was in the conference. So that's two more teams than what we have now. Yeah. But anyway, um, I'm looking for our defense to improve this yeah. week. And and um, I need it to improve. We need it to improve in order to win. I. There is a lot that our offense can do to match Washington and Lee. Yes. I don't know if Washington and Lee will make enough mistakes for our defense to capitalize. They are very much like Randolph-Macon, where yes. they just don't make mistakes. Yes. And they're they're high-flying, too, though. They like to throw that ball around. Yeah. They have a very talented quarterback, and their wide receiver core is one of the best, if not the best, behind Farum. In the ODAC. So this should be a very high-scoring game. It, it, it really depends on what their defense can do against our offense. If they shut us down, it's not going to look good. It's not going to look good. Um, but like like we said, this is a must-win. It's at 1 p.m. Um, at Washington and Lee. But I think Farum, the, the defense is what needs to step up. We know what Titus Jones and Tim Hade Penn and Nick Cook and Daniel Lamb and all those guys, we know what they can do. We know what the offense can do. You know, we can know Titus Jones can beat you on his, on, on his legs, beat you through the air. Tim Hade Penn, it takes forever to get down. He can make a, a, a little, uh, like a nothing play out of something. You know, he, yeah. he makes nothing out of something. It Makes something out of nothing. It's all right. No, it's okay. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, we kind of we got down in the dumps here towards the end of the episode. We did, but, but just thinking about this, yeah. Um, um but go, going into it, we need to win this game, and I mean that that's push comes to shove. Yeah. Washington and Lee does not need to win this game. No, they could lose the game and still make the conference championship. Oh yeah, they they can lose the game and still be in the number one spot because yeah. of who they beat. Yeah. Um. I've got Farum winning. I'm not going to lie to you. I've got Farum winning. Farum wins, and I, I know I said it was high scoring. Farum wins 42-38. I'm going to say Farum wins. I can't bet against. I can't bet against Farum. Yeah, they're like West Virginia or LSU. Yeah, point. my gut 
feeling kind of is leaning towards Washington elite, but I'm going to say Ferrum wins. 31-24. It's a good bet. I th- I think so, but I, I or th- or 31-28. Like there it's just it's going to be a tight game. Yeah, r- regardless if, if if the defense stays in, if not, if not Washington Lee runs away with it, I oh, think. Yeah. Because if their and defense I mean, shows up and just stops our de- stops our offense, we have no chance. Yeah. But to wrap things up here, oh, and you got a question for me this week. I do, I do. You've been coming at me with a question for two weeks. you got questions from up. Cole, I want to know what is your ideal college football playoff criteria? When these rankings come out, what is your criteria? And what is your criteria getting into the top Four, like your what has to be what to be finalized. Like it is semifinals going into semifinals. What is your criteria for your top four? What is the final? Like what is the thing that says no? These are the definite top four. These are what's going to the semifinal. Number one, mm-hmm. offensive and defensive production, not necessarily win loss, mm-hmm. because if you just threw win loss in there. You would have a national championship game of UTSA, Wake Forest, Cincinnati, and Oregon. So strength, Not of, strength of schedule as well. Yeah. I think offensive and defensive production should play a little bit more of a role than what it does now. Because you have teams like SMU mm-hmm. who are not even in the top 25 on the actual selection. Yeah. Uh, two, overall record. Undefeated teams should rank higher. Yes. My last one, brands should not matter. Amen. Alabama. Amen. Preach. Texas. Preach. Preach. Georgia. Hallelujah. Clemson. Amen. That's that's my three. That's your three? That's my three. My criteria. If it's finalized, like, hey, semifinals are next week. Yeah, Conf- semifinals are next week. Who do you have in those two games? Conference champions. Conference championships matter. Amen. I, I mean, if you don't win your championship – you're not getting in. You should not be. But eligible. but if you lost your conference championship, you should be considered for a New Year's Six Bowl. Yeah. That's, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Because then you can go like what the ODAC does. Number one to their number one the conference champion goes on to play for a national, national title. title. Number two goes on to play for a bowl game. In this case, you don't need the number two you don't need to get to number two to go play a bowl game in and Division One, but if you get to your number, if you lose your conference championship game, then you should be automatically in a bid to go to your New Year's Six Bowl. Yeah, I'll to, to a that. New Year's Six Bowl. But it, I still think the six wins matter to go to a bowl game. But we're not talking about that right now. Number one is conference championships. Number two, overall record. I, I like. I, I agree with you on the fact that like. Win loss does matter. Does it now strength of schedule comes into play in 
and that can be a little tricky because that's where the branding also comes in as well of who plays who. <clears throat> so I think I think overall record, you know, undefeated teams need to be in in at least the top twenty five. That means UTSA. It doesn't mean they have to be in the top 12 or top 4, top 6, nothing. But they need to be at least in the top 25. Because if you're saying this, hey, this is for all of Division One, then that means Mid-American Conference teams, Conference USA, Sunbelt, American Athletic, Mountain West teams all matter. They're all Division One, and they should all have the same shot to get in the CFP rankings. They are weaker conferences, but their records still matter. They are still Division One. They still recruit at a Division One level. Yeah. They are not FCS. They are FBS. If you're in FBS, you're there for a reason. You're there for a reason. You get money. You get FBS money. You have all of these things. You know, you, you get FBS talent, FBS bowl games. You know? So, overall record. Number three... I'm going to say is strength of schedule. And this goes both ways. Strength of schedule should not be your deciding factor. Because it should not be, well, West Virginia has played, and I'm going to say this year, West Virginia has played LSU and they've also played Oklahoma. Well, because they played LSU that goes all they they need to jump way up or they lost to Oklahoma and they need to drop way down. However, it should depend on how good that team is. That meaning your yeah, your, your overall record. Your overall record. Take Alabama for example. They've beaten um they've beaten all these teams. Yeah, no 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 no, no. any any other year it would be oh, Alabama's beaten Vanderbilt and Kentucky. Yeah. But they beat if they if they beat Vanderbilt, they beat South Carolina, or they beat Tennessee. Whoop de doo, you know. Good for them. But the fact that they lost to Texas A and M, they need to drop heavy because that is not a stronger schedule. But you still lost a game in there. Yeah, and I mean that also goes for the AP top twenty-five. Yes, because we yes. saw that when. Oh man, we saw that when Purdue took down Iowa, they completely and totally fell out of the top ten. Yes, and they were number two. Yeah, when Texas A and M beat Alabama, they dropped down to what ninth? No, not even that. They dropped four spots from one number one to five. Oh, <laughs> excuse me. Yeah, yeah, barely fell out of the top four. After everybody said, "Oh, Texas A and M's done. They're they're a terrible team. They're not doing good. This that yada yada yada." But in all reality, have the college football playoffs, but with the old BCS rankings, with the old with the old BCS ranking system, with the rankings that should actually count and matter. Yes, with the computer, because the computer also takes into account strength of schedule, but it does not see the logo. No, it sees it looks at your strength of schedule. It also looks at win loss records. So yes, you may have a team like UTSA that may be number ten, but that's because they're undefeated. And they've maybe played some decent teams, you know. So, but just bring back the old BCS. I know everybody hated the old BCS system, and that's why we're at the college football playoff system now. BCS had the issue of number one, number four are going to play for the national title. It shouldn't be like that, you know. Or number two and number three are playing for the national title. Like they just, it was inconsistent for who was going to play for the national title. 
Now, granted, I may be wrong, completely wrong about that. It's been a long time since BCS was around. Um, but that's that's kind of what I remember of it. So, but yeah. Well, Cole, it's <sighs> been an episode. It's been quite the episode for episode number 10 here. It's been real. It's, it's been fun. It's still been real fun. It's still been real fun, except for when we were talking about Alabama and LSU. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> but, uh, hey, we appreciate everybody listening for episode, for up to 10 episodes now. Um, we appreciate the support and many more to come. Yeah, for sure. Um, catch us anywhere. Uh, check us out on social media at the Panther Pod. Mm-hmm. Um, check us out on Facebook. Uh, just search the Panther Pod. Instagram at the Panther Pod, Twitter uh, Panther Pod twenty one, or email us at pantherpod twenty one at gmail dot com. Uh, with that, I'm on Spelnick. My name's Cole Connor, and this has been episode ten. Ten. Whoop whoop of the Panther Pod. <laughs>